This week on The House of Mario, we're joined by Dennis. He's a highly skilled arms player, esports caster, and streamer. He is also owner of the arms esports team, Fellows in Arms, and is host of the arms-centric podcast, also called Fellows in Arms. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let's-a go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, episode 34. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Bryce DeWitt. Hello, hello. And joining us all the way from Sweden, is Dennis, slash Defer. How you going, dude? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to say, like, good morning or good evening, depending on, like, where everyone is, but uh, uh, it's, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. No worries. Uh, so Dennis, you're a you're right into the arms community, and I've I've I found a uh, the community of arms players on Twitter, and I was just fascinated by how much into arms you guys were because arms is a mm. fairly new IP from Nintendo, and it's a uh, it's only been sort of the recent couple of years that sort of Nintendo's gotten into esports and higher level play with us, uh, you know, recently Smash Bros and yeah. uh, Splatoon. So how did you uh, end up getting into Splatoon? I mean, or, Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have played Splatoon too, but uh, yeah, no, I I I actually got into Arms um, very quickly. I um, it basically started when I saw the first uh, trailer. I just decided that I was going to go all in for it. Basically, um, I've been involved with esports before and um, have liked or you know been really into like StarCraft and Team Fortress uh, 2 and games like that. So uh, when I saw the game um, coming out on the Switch or the trailer for it, I just kind of decided, okay, yeah, I'll just like heavily invest into this game. Um, and then uh, things just kind of developed around that. It's uh, I've been doing quite a lot of things uh, in regards to the game now, but... Um, that's how it started at least I just like decided ah, I'm going to be a content creator and do stuff for this game and I'll just be in the community somehow um, so sort of what about the game made you go oh I really want to get into that uh, I'm I can't really remember like the, the specific one but the, I think the feeling I got when I f- saw the trailer the first time was that it just felt right I, I'm not sure how to say it, but it's just like the the gameplay and the feeling of the game was just kind of, yeah, this is just really well packaged. Um, I think it, you get the same kind of feeling when um, when you first saw Overwatch, like you saw the actual like the world and the characters, everything just seemed to fit so well together. And I just got fascinated by how it was switching up fighting games basically because it's not like the other fighting games as you probably know that but um since it's uh, a bit different i just yeah okay no one everyone is on even footing in this game i'll just i i want to get in on this basically yeah put in your all in essentially yeah um, yeah, yeah i uh we're both fans of arms at the show mm. um we haven't invested as much time as we probably want to with the switch's <laughs> massive year yeah but uh, how, how many hours do you think you've put into arms at this point? Uh, it's it's actually hard to say because I, uh, I've i been... So bef- besides actually playing arms, I've been hosting tournaments and kind of live casting a lot of tournaments. So that, yep. uh, 
that involves having the game up but not actually playing it, just staring at the screen oh, and just right. like talking about whatever is happening or spectating it. Uh, so I, I think I have around uh, probably like 300 hours or something, but uh, most of that has been um, actually casting it. Or I think half is about caf- casting it and half is playing it. Um, so... I'm actually in the lower half of the people who are very invested to the game. I know people who have like um, thousand to two thousand hours into the game, but uh, for me, I'm, so I'm like kind of the pleb or like the <laughs> the peasant in the community, which is like, oh, I only have merely three hundred hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. How there's um, such a dedicated fan base to this game, but like pretty much the last two months after the game come out you sort of you don't hear a lot about arms in sort of mm. the mainstream yeah. gaming media like, yeah I no go ahead like sorry i'm oh, sorry i feel like splatoon sort of um cut that short unfortunately which, which yeah. was sad to see yeah no it definitely did i mean i'm not going to like defend that or deny that i it's uh it really felt like when arms came out uh especially outside of japan it was very much like the window, especially in the summer, they had like, you know, uh, Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, Mario Kart. Everything was just like getting punched out once a month. And ARMS was one of those games that just got released. And then Splatoon was like a month later, I think. Um, and uh, it had much more momentum since from the first game. Uh, heavier, or bigger fan base as well. Um, so it just kind of um, took the spotlight but um, I think in in Japan, ARMS has actually been kind of big because they had this uh, official tournament by Nintendo that they had, I think, once a month where they had in different uh, towns or cities in Japan, they had this like official tournament. Uh, and um, there also was a really big tournament... I, I'm not sure if you guys know it, but it's called 2GG. It's uh, They usually do Super Smash tournaments um, around in America, and or the States, uh, rather. And uh, they had an ARMS Saga tournament where they basically had a Smash and ARMS, which um, I think it was in August, which was the kind of... Um, so there has been some things happening like in the beginning there, but yeah, it was... Uh, we we would have wanted more support, of course, especially me being in Europe, just being like the uh, "Hello, Nintendo Sweden, please send help" kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, just um, not to date this episode, but going back to the the most recent direct, it was mm. it was really like I, I was really warm to see that um, Nintendo is doing more tournaments and uh, that for Arms again after the yeah. new patch came out. Yeah, I, I we we were actually streaming when uh, like so uh, I I haven't fully I guess introduced what I do in Arms, but I I have an esports team in Arms where I I'm the team captain and I have uh, six five players uh, six with me included where we kind of play the game and do stuff and stream the game and things like that, and so we had a stream when we were watching the direct together and. Um, I think we were all baffled when we saw ARMS in the actual direct because we were just like, oh, it's... We were all talking about Smash and, oh, is it going to be something about Smash or not? And then when ARMS just popped up, we were just like, what? Oh, well, we're happy, but I'm not sure how to feel about this because it was just out of nowhere, kind of the 
this invitational or qualifying thing that they uh, announced now, um, which uh, two two players in my team are trying really hard to qualify to that right now. And there, I think a couple of days ago, they were topping. Um, there is this um, what is it dashboard top two hundred players list for arms, and they were uh, first and third on that list. So oh, wow. yep. Yeah, so the, and like they and they have been going all in. They like playing I don't know how many hours per day to try to stay up on those uh, rankings, but um yeah, it was really hype. Uh besides Smash, which was all, also really hype. I think yeah, yeah. everyone <laughs> I don't know how how you guys felt about that, but I oh my God. we were we were basically just screaming <laughs> when yeah. we saw that. Um, I, I was just catching up on the direct in the car. I was, um I was driving somewhere for a wedding and yeah, I, I just had the direct on and I was like, oh, this is a smash. And I, and I woke up my girlfriend who was sleeping on the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we um, we were just like screaming all together and then because we, we, I rewatched the stream and we were all just like silent after the trailer ended and then we just yeah. sat there for five minutes and just like, well, now what? Like, how am I, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> it was just too much. Uh, just got you just have to wait for more information <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but yeah the so yeah i don't remember what the like question originally <laughs> what we originated <laughs> from but uh yeah a lot of things has been happening and uh, the 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 direct was super interesting because uh we didn't expect more uh like every time they uh, start to support arms more we get surprised because we're not expecting anything uh, we're at that kind of level where it's just like when Nintendo gives uh, the ARMS community any sort of, um, uh, you know, um, how 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 do you put it? Like attention, I guess. Um, yep. <laughs> we, we just like, oh, wow, they noticed us. Yay. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of, I think the community is very still much a uh, humble one. It's like, it's smaller, obviously, than most esports communities and stuff like that but uh and in in a good way i think because uh, yeah it still has that kind of grassroots feel where it's uh, most people know each other and uh, most people want to work together to kind of grow it it's not like this corporate invested heavily kind of thing where a lot of esports uh, are right now like uh, yeah, overwatch for example <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah um going back going back to you uh um, you, you're team captain for Fellows in Arms. Yes. Uh, did you have a prior experience to sort of leading a team of um, esports players, or is this something you just decided to pick up now that you have um, really gotten into um, competitive arms? Yeah, I, I, like I've been really like most of my teenage years and like growing up, uh, esports has been like a huge part of my life. So I was super heavily invested in Team Fortress 2 for about six years, I think. And uh, at one point, I got into a team which was one of the best in Europe. And uh, then I I was just leading teams for like several years. And uh, then at some point, it was like the breaking point of my family telling me, either you have to you know, get your grades together, like get your shit together, or <laughs> or you play games. And then I just like, nah, okay, I'll just um, I'll just not play games and actually try to get some grades. Um, and um, and in StarCraft, I tried to become 
a good player in esports and i had like a team with a friend but uh, that i got carpal tunnel in <laughs> both of my arms so oh. I, <laughs> um so uh, yeah. yeah so i i kind of took a break from gaming in general at least for esports stuff but then when when arms came out i just you know i like oh well the my passion came back for it basically and I just i actually bought the switch um solely for getting arms so i i haven't played the uh, zelda or mario actually which is like blasphemy uh i know i i'm going to play them but uh i i am I usually surprise people when I say that. (laughs) They're not going anywhere, so you've got plenty of time to play them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, this was a question I was going to ask you at the start of the episode, but I just skipped right over it. Mm. Uh, What is your favorite Nintendo game? Like, What's your history with uh, playing Nintendo games? Oh, wow. Yeah, so actually I'm... uh, I had Nintendo in my life uh, when I was a child. So like uh, the eight... What is it? 8 bits, 16 bits with Super Nintendo and uh, the the first two consoles and uh, then I had the Game Boys so I grew up with Pokemon and uh, kind of learnt English when playing Pokemon because there is Pokemon is not in Swedish so uh, so it's like uh, (laughs) for me Pokemon was like very kind of important to me because I learnt English faster than the other kids so I had to like tell them what to do in the game uh, and be their kind of like guide uh, which was fun and um, yeah. so I think Pokemon um, probably Pokemon Gold I think it was Gold or Crystal that was like the peak of like Pokemon for me but then after that it's kind of like I never had a 64 or a GameCube, um, and then now I came back with the Switch and just like trying to um, recap everything and just like, whoa, okay, I missed a ton of games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, a so bit did th- Arms bring you back, sort of, to Nintendo platforms, or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like now I'm I'm trying out, and I want to try out more Nintendo games now because I I kind of forgot how. Um, like when you don't play the Nintendo games and you see them from afar, it just looks like. And I'm 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 not <laughs> I'm not gonna sound like I'm uh, taking a jab at this, but like from afar, uh, if you're not into the community in games, it looks like kids' games, you know. But then when yeah, you actually yeah, play the games, you you realize that oh well, the humor is like it's for everyone, it's more inclusive, and it's like it's actually really funny, like the humor that they have in the games uh, for all ages, like. There, it's like cartoons where it's like they have jokes for adults, but it's also for kids, you know. Um, so and the the quality of the games are just like fantastic. So um, I think yeah. I've just been far away from it, but now when actually trying it out, I just like, oh shit, okay, I I, I missed so much. I, okay, now I I realized what I've been doing or not doing. So that kind of feeling. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about Nintendo games as well. Just that, like, you can play them and they, like, personally, they make me so happy. Like, if you've had a bad day and you come home and you play Mario, that just puts such a big smile on your face. And yeah. even Bryce, Bryce with his daughter, when she's old enough, he he won't have any problem. No, putting the switch in front of her. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, 
No, I, I, I've been seeing that, and also the switch, I think, at my company. So I, I work with uh, apps for kids, basically, and uh, a lot okay. of people at the company have uh, a switch, and uh, sometimes they bring their kids to work, and it's just like, you know, I really understand why this console is um, uh, successful. Um, for me, for me, coming home and being kind of relaxed, it's like, when I put on the switch, I'm like going hardcore competitive mode. So I'm trying to get go back to like chill out. I've just been playing what is it, Night in Night in the Woods that got released yep. on it, uh, and I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, I can relax while playing games too. Ah, oh, that's a thing, right? Okay, uh, so it's it's good to, to hear that people are doing that because it reminds me of to get to relax a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Going going back to arms, um, personally, I really I play just pretty much just Ribbon Girl. I I really enjoy Ribbon Girl just for mm. multiple jumps and removability. Uh, yeah. Do most of the uh, players do they stick to one character or do they sort of jump around depending on who they're versing and uh, oh. what the circumstances are? That's actually that's a really interesting question. Actually, uh, I I I feel like. Arms, in a lot of ways, is a very different game to fighting games because in fighting games you have people who are like they main a character through several generations of a game, like this one dude who is maining Mario for like all the Smash games, or some dude mains Jin in like five Tekken games or something like that. But in Arms, you don't really have anything like that because everyone is on even footing, uh, and uh, the balancing is so kind of equal like all the characters are viable basically so um yeah. it's it has created this thing where in the beginning when the competitive scene started everyone picked their character and i'm very much one of those people who only played springman for like six months i never even touched the other characters i just like okay i got this character <laughs> and i got that but now in the last like three or four months or yeah three or four months people especially in the higher levels of arms have been branching out and like counter picking with characters so uh, there's like one guy in my team he mains four or five characters uh, and one of the best japanese players he mains three characters so it's uh it's something that it's changing and i think the more like uh, the arms develops uh, the meta around it i think more and more players are just going to like know almost all characters or most of the characters but uh and then yeah there's going to be some players who only play one but i think um yeah that's knowing all the characters is possible and that people do it basically I don't know if that answered the question. Sorry, I kind of like went off. No, that did. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, that, yeah. that definitely did. Just okay, a question cool. for me. Uh, the metagame, uh, metagame is obviously really important, as you yeah. know, from being in a background of uh, esports. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, is there any um, is there any particular characters that have probably seen a bit more meta than others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing? That it has been, and I think a lot, um, a lot of people are. Like, I think a lot of people in when they talk about meta, they don't realize that it can it it's something that can develop for several years. Like, yeah. if you if you look at other games like you know StarCraft One, where it's like they have they haven't updated the game for twelve years, and then some dude uh, finds a new strategy after six years and it changes the entire game. Um, 
arms is in such a like baby state where it's like no one really knows what they're doing still even though uh like and we got a new character like almost each month so it was this like oh, yeah. changing everything uh, a lot of people uh, thought um for example that Master Mummy was one of the worst characters for a long time and uh i think Master Mummy uh Helix or DNA man as he's in Japan and <laughs> Bite and Bark uh like those three characters people have been kind of um saying oh well these are the worst characters and then one guy uh who his nickname is Gore Magala uh he picked up Helix and he he's considered like one of the best players in the world now and but he's like the only guy who can play that with Helix um yeah. and then there's another guy who who picked up Master Mummy and was one of the best players so we we're like we keep questioning ourselves of like what is the bad like uh like which character is bad and which arm is bad um so it's really difficult to say and i hate that because uh when you when you have like clear tier lists that's what gets eyes like when you see a tier list in oh, smash yeah. people just instantly get like oh i'll never play freaking game and watch because he's i don't know c f tier or whatever um and in arms it's just like okay everyone is a tier well what do yeah. I pick? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's uh, so it's it's difficult. It's changing, and they're still uh, uh, patching the game. Although more of like balance updates recently after New Year's, it's been more or less like fixing things. Uh, they added a tournament mode and stuff like that, but um, it's it's hard to say. I th- I think uh, if there's an opinion, I probably think that Bite and Bark still is the, one of the worst characters because uh, oh. uh, he's really <laughs> he's really difficult to play, um, but. Um, and he has like some gimmicks of where it's uh, he has he has this dog that he uh, is controlled by an AI, and it's kind of yeah. like predictable of how the AI moves instead of the player because the player can do mix-ups and stuff, but the AI will always work in a single way, you know. Um, and uh, Misango is also one of the characters which is like he's really complex where he can change his style depending on the mask that he wears, so. He has like one mask that can change to three colors and uh, it's really kind of more complicated than the other characters so uh, they're still viable but i think that they're uh, a bit too complex compared to the other characters and like yeah. a bit too different uh, mm. I, re- I really like that the game is that way at the moment because like you were saying just before with smash and tier lists like i feel uh player skill is necessarily important mm. Um, when adding to that factor, a lot of people go to tier lists and they go, oh, they'll go, oh, you know, Fox is double S or whatever, yeah. Smash. <laughs> and they'll immediately gravitate towards that character, but because, you know, Fox can either be super complicated depending on how, how you want to play him, yeah. or, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's a big bout on player skill. And, uh, like, approaching tier lists and going, this is what I'm going to do, you'd have to put a lot of work into it to also, like, get to that same... Uh, sort of ranking yourself mm. um, yeah but with, with arms not having an official tier list like that and everybody having um, you know their own unique abilities to change mm. the game up um, and there not being an established tier list at the moment is probably a better thing because we're seeing a lot more variety I think that's the major thing 
Yeah, I uh, I just realized too. Like we're probably gonna trigger so much like Smash players in this, in this episode. <laughs> if it's just like, yeah, Fox is the S or whatever, and Game Watch is like sucks, and people are just like, <laughs> but uh, but uh, beside like besides the fact, I think it's um, the positive of not having tier list is that there is diversity. The the worst thing is that it's, it's like harder for a new player to get into and like kind of understand what's going on because the, since Arms is so new and there's so many like factors to play in like uh, you can cu- you can like customize a character to be whatever you want to it's like huh okay well how do I do this like we there's almost like no there are a few guides to characters in this game but. Uh, you know, if you, if you go to Smash, for example, and you... I want to learn this character. Okay, do you have, like, five videos of guides, like, five different playstyles for this character. Done. This is what you need to learn. In ARMS, it's just like, well, do whatever you feel like. And it's like, hmm? <laughs> okay. And it, that's really, I think, for a lot of people, that's much harder to take in and be like, oh, okay, well, I'll just trust myself. Like, a lot of people just want to have, like... Uh, Oh, this is what you need to do to win the game. Like, mm-hmm. you can't... You shouldn't be able to, like, explore it. Um, and uh, those kind of guides will take a long time before they come out since they're, like, so... There's so many factors to it. Uh, so I think there's both plus... Like, b- good and bad things about not having complete tier lists, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I like that as well. Just how creative you can be with... a. Uh... All, all of the different arms you can put on and as well as like uh, like it's good that people are coming up with different and creative ideas to uh, take down their opponents so I think that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah and one of the cool things that actually does happen with that is because I've been uh, I think <laughs> I sound I'm like I was I think I watched all the tournaments in arms it sounds like ridiculous but the, like all the tournaments that have been streamed are like the major ones and so i watched through most of them because i want to get to know the players and everything like that um and for me it's really fun to see like oh this combination of this character this is totally like his signature uh and then when that's player is seen or like wins a tournament then you start to see on ranked other people using that exact combination and you're like oh these people actually probably saw this character like um as uh, like an example is uh, kid cobra um there is this uh, combination of using a popper and a mega ton uh, which a german player called rafa used and he was topping the dashboard for a long while and uh, once he got up there and started winning tournaments, I saw that combination everywhere, and it was really frustrating because it was one of the combinations that I didn't know how to counter. So I just like, I had a good time on ranked, and then the next week I couldn't win anything because <laughs> this guy just came in like, "Hey, this is the combination to kill the fur," uh, and it's just like, "Oh, goddamn!" <laughs> <laughs> so, but but while casting it, it's fun because I can see like the patterns of people looking up to other players or um, people trying out the combination or like play style or things like things like that it's really I, I love that kind of thing with the game hmm. yeah absolutely community growth yeah that that too <laughs> yeah um, it's you know uh, it uh, drives you to play play these things as well when hmm. you start seeing people winning with it Um 
being from uh, being from somebody who loves competitive gaming, um, I I watch a lot of this stuff myself. Whether it would be you know uh, Smash or sometimes I tune into other fighting games, whether it be uh, Street Fighter or you know DOA even. I used yeah. to be a big DOA fan too. Um, Rip. It's <laughs> tier. tier. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I think I think. Uh, the growth, like, obviously the growth process is, you know, watching other people, seeing their ideas, trying to put them into your own practice and then go go forward as is. And it's like exactly what you're explaining, but with arms, obviously, uh, with the ability to customize arms and having a different way to um, combat your opponent, depending on what you've picked, hmm. um, it's it mixes up, especially especially when you throw character abilities into the mix. I think it just mixes up a lot of things. It's like playing mm. Smash Bros with items, except you're not really. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I I get what you mean. Like the 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 metaphor holds, I think. Uh, but in, yeah. like I balanced items, <laughs> like I yeah, don't know exactly. How you that. <laughs> yeah, not not Halo, as as, as I said, we're going to make a lot of Smash. Uh, players angry <laughs> with this. Yeah, I will. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, and I think there's still things that we're learning, which is sup- still super fun because uh, a lot of people got so worried when um, I think it was around Christmas when Yabuki, who is the producer, who is like the face of the game, basically, he um, he stated in some interview or something that. Oh, this is going to be the last major update for ARMS, basically. He said after 5.0. 5. 5. And there was like this kind of panic in the community where it's like, Oh, no, the game is going to die. And then after a week, people are just like, But wait, the game just got released. We have no idea what we're doing. And then everyone's just like, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, and um, I've been seeing like uh, even now... Yesterday there was a big tournament in Japan for uh, called the Spring Fist, which had, I think it had uh, both Arms. Yeah, it had Arms, Pokken, and uh, Smash, uh, Smash Four. So it was like a Nintendo Twitch event, which was really cool. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah and uh, yeah, I recommend checking out those vods. Actually, there was like uh, high production and big stage and everything. And uh, one of the cool things we saw there from the arms tournament was uh, Pega who is a Japanese player who won Evo Japan which is one of the majors that have been in arms he yep. he won the tournament pretty convincingly I think don't think he dropped a single game and then um, <laughs> they they had a show match after an like, exhibition match I mean after the tournament where someone who won a tournament a month ago uh, they they've started to have this kind of like wrestling thing where they had like belt like a wrestling belt or like uh, you know like the boxing belts that had yeah, the yeah. huge ones. Yeah. He he <laughs> got one of those and when he won the like when Pega won the Nintendo uh, um, tournament, and then when he won Evo Japan, he 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 just like whoever can win against me will get this belt, and then he just like left it there. And then a month later, a guy won it and took the belt from him. It was like, whoa, it's like building storylines. <laughs> and so and so at Spring Fist, they had this sh- exhibition match between Pega, the original belt wearer, and the guy that took it from him, Chateau. Pega just won like 3-0. So it, it was kind of like one half. <laughs> he just like took it back. Uh, but the point, uh, the point that I wanted to make was that... Uh, 
So he mains Max Brass, that's like his game. But in the last game, he switched to Min Min, which uh, people were like surprised about because they haven't seen him play that. But I saw him stream when he did that, and he did a new thing where um, usually when people play Min Min, there's, uh, she has this ability where she dashes and she like kicks, so she can like kick away yeah. one of the gloves. Uh, and a lot of players, or all players, have been using that defensively, where they kick away a glove and then they charge up. But he was using that offensively, and I've never seen that before. And so when he did that on stream, like he basically jumped towards the char- like the character and dashed, so he like kicked the glove away um, yeah. and won really fast. And people were just like, "Whoa, I haven't even seen that in the game." And they're like, "There are still things we need to learn." <laughs> yeah. So it it was it was an awesome feeling to see that actually. Um, you have to get awfully close to do that, wouldn't you, to do that? Dash yeah yeah it's yeah. it's it's kind of really hard timing so yeah. it's cool to see um that there are still things to be explored basically yeah uh you, you just touched on evo japan uh, mm. just then um you guys went there earlier this year was it earlier this year or late last year it was it was earlier this year it was at the end of january so at the uh i think in august they announced evo japan and the inclusion of arms, which was really big for the community, because it was, it was well, no, even not ex, uh, as I said before, even the community didn't expect it. It's like, now nah, we're never gonna be at Evo, and it's like, hey, you're at Evo. Oh, okay, <laughs> shit. What do we do now? That's uh, massive. That's um, that's all. You, that's what you could dream of for you know. Yeah, and a, game you're playing. Yeah, uh, for the game. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people saw it as a like a goal to like look forward to and uh, mm-hmm. so we and um, there was a lot of people who traveled there and I was one of them so I went you know all the way from Sweden to go to Japan um, and there was people from uh, sorry there was people from America there was a guy from Finland uh, three guys from the UK and uh, I think it, it speaks volumes because this tournament as it was in Japan where esports is not uh, like legal technically like you can't win prize money the, there was no prize money for this tournament so a lot of people traveled the globe <laughs> to play in this tournament for honor you know oh, wow. uh, so and uh, yeah so we me and three other players from my team played in that tournament um, it was me uh, Han- uh, my other teammate called Hanukkah Jamboree from America, uh, Nobi who is from China, and Miao from Pakistan. So we're like really international. Uh, we all yeah. traveled, and it was like the first time we met each other in real life as well. Um, and it was the first time the Japanese players faced the American, or uh, basically. Japan faced the rest of the world. Like, they've been playing with uh, only in Japan, and we've been playing kind of on a global scale because we can speak English <laughs> and communicate with each other. Um, so it was, like, the first time uh, the two communities met, like, the West and Japan. So it was, a, like, a lot of things happening at the same time, basically. it's It was very intense, uh, very intense two days for everyone, I think, that was involved. Absolutely, it would have been a lot of fun, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I and I think for me, I, I went. Uh, it was like three hundred people in that tournament, and I 
uh, I was like the first <laughs> the first non-Japanese player to get uh, like eliminated <laughs> so it was <laughs> uh, it was like really I, I since I'm more of a I've been more trying to cast the game and like I this is gonna sound like such a bad excuse but I haven't been playing the game that much so I didn't feel that bad but uh, there was an incident where I just like I didn't check my controllers before the game started and then someone had like removed some of the control patterns and so when the game started I couldn't jump and anything I was just like <laughs> and then when I told the referee, he was like, "Well, you said that too late, so we'll give a round to the other guy." And then I just like uh, got uh, tilted and lost, and I was just like, "Oh well, I I just traveled to Japan for this. It's fine. I'm fine." Uh, no. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there, it was. Yeah, sorry. sorry were go. there many people using uh, motion controls at Evo? It was. Uh, I think. Like percent percentage wise, I think it's like maybe twenty to th- like twenty percent motion control okay. users, uh, and then uh, but it depends on the area. Like in there was one tournament a month ago where there were almost all people were using motion controls, but uh, this it's more mostly common to use the pro controllers, and for people with tiny hands, the uh, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is great. They have an option too, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Um, both controllers are viable. That's a, that's a question that gets, gets asked a lot for the ARMS community. It's like, can you use the motion controllers at the highest level? And, yeah, there there was a, what the Finnish guy, Kajora, that went there. He, I think he was number one on the dashboard for, like, two or three months. And he has always been a motion control player. So... Uh, there are some differences in how they work, but yeah, definitely. The good, yeah. And that's really like good on Nintendo for, you know, making that. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in any other game uh, in that way. Yeah, no. Uh, like with the motion controls, you can control both arms at once, but I just feel like you can't punch and move around as well. Mm. Yeah, th- that's th- that's kind of what people have been uh, saying, that... In uh, when you use the uh, the pro controller, you can move around more easily, but you can only control one arm at a time. So it's kind of weird. Like you can't really aim as well. But with the uh, the motion controls, you can like aim them individually. But yeah. and it, it, as I said with the carpal tunnel, I was just like, <laughs> mm, like looking at that. Like I tried playing the motion controls a bit, and then just like. After half an hour, I'm just like, everything hurts. I'm not going <laughs> to use this. Oh, like, no. I'm not going to use this play style. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, basically, motion controls is aim. And uh, pro controller is, like, movement is the better thing. So, yep. uh, too bad that there's, like, no, like, perfect one. But I guess In that's between. the... Yeah, yeah, no middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's with really this. Interesting, though. <laughs> yeah. like, I was gonna say the single Joy-Con, but then it's like, no, that that's even more terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, even tried that. I don't want to try no, the single. No. There, there is there is a badge in the game for like playing, uh, like, like fifty hundreds uh, of games with the the single Joy-Con, and I saw that and I was like, no, I'm not gonna go for it. <laughs> I don't need <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't know why you would do it. No, I find I, I find it hard enough to just even even if I'm just sitting at the uh, sitting at a table playing Mario Kart with someone, my fingers just get to that point where like they're always curled. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's fine for Mario Kart, but I think I feel like arms is. Oh yeah, that's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I had a friend that actually really liked the single Joy-Con. He said because when he got the controller, he said it was the easiest controller to remember the controls on. Like, it looks like okay. the 8-bit controller, you know? So it's just like, yeah. oh, here's what you move, and this to punch. Yeah, okay, I get it. When when I showed him the motion controllers, he was just, like, kind of looking at his hands while he was playing. And I'm just like, no, th- look at the screen. Don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he was losing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you're at, you, you, you uh, Twitch stream a fair bit, do you? Uh, sorry, sorry again. <laughs> Could you say that? <laughs> uh, do you uh, Twitch stream a fair bit? Yeah, I, I've done. Uh, I've I've been streaming on Twitch um, since before Arms too, but now very like much so heavily focused on Arms uh, for a, a long time. Uh, both streaming tournaments um, for others, but also streaming when I just play. Um, so I, I streamed a tournament about a month ago. Where for the it was an Asia and Oceania championship, so there was players in there was a couple of Australian players there actually, uh, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I've I've been trying to do both, but uh, and uh, it's um, it's interesting because now I'm kind of you know that 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 is what I stream. If I stream something else, it's like hey, why aren't you streaming arms? I'm like, dang it. <laughs> okay, I'll stream some arms. <laughs> you know. What What other games would you like to stream if uh, your audience doesn't keep asking you? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to be looking... Since I am a competitive player, I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited for uh, the Mario Tennis and Smash to just like... Oh, yeah. nice. mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I I know that like Mario Tennis might not yeah I'm a super serious competitive player I'm gonna play tennis uh, <laughs> might not say <laughs> but I am really actually really hyped <laughs> yeah no yeah, I'm got a fair bit and they even have the they have the tournament mode in that which I wish they put in arms but you know you can't have everything so <laughs> yeah. yeah um h- how do you feel about um how or sort of how arms is going on Twitch because. I think it was about maybe a month after the game come out. It sort of dropped right off Twitch. Mm. Like I, I, I'll, there was one point I was streaming it, and I was literally the only one at the time streaming it on arms mm. um, on Twitch. Sorry, um, mm. is are, are there sort of more competitive players like yourself sort of putting it on Twitch, or is it still yeah. pretty quiet? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there are at sev- uh, certain times there have been uh, streamers that have come out who are like very dedicated to arms. I'm not. I'm very bad at keeping a schedule or anything like that when streaming. I stream like once a month, or then suddenly like every day for a week. Um, but there are people uh, like uh, Scrimps is probably the most well known. Who he has, I think, two tournaments a week at like specific times. So then the community kind of gathers for his stream, and he tries to like reach out and get new players in. Um, but then there are also. Um, Tentan Man, who is a partnered uh, Twitch streamer, and he yeah. he just like picked up the game and 
accidentally was one of the best players at it. So he just like, oh, okay, I'll, I guess I'll continue playing this and be the best. Uh, so for a long time, he had like the uh, in the stream title, it was just like best arms player, and a lot of like people were getting like really angry at him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been mostly like nowadays. It's very like the. Um, um the dedicated competitive player streaming now and then and occasionally casual streams that stream other games and then they're like yeah I'll stream some arms and then they like whenever that happens like when a casual streamer just like something plops up on arms like the entire community just like bumps in onto that stream and's like hey do you want to learn some stuff and they're like huh who are these people this <laughs> 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 <It's> just... <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not good enough. This is how you get better. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's actually very like when I've seen that happen, they're actually very uh, positive when it happens. So I'm I'm happy for that because I okay. tried yeah. uh, once. I tried I streamed Tekken Seven, and I've been playing Tekken since I'm a kid, but I I suck at it. Uh, and I just put it on, and instantly a guy like stream sniped me, and then he went into the chat and was just like, "Yeah, you're kind of dropping your combos a bit." I'm just like. Yeah, I uh, I've played this twice. I don't know what like what are you <laughs> talking about? Uh, uh, but uh, but in arms, it's like more mostly people are just like, yeah, you'll you'll get there. It's fine. You, it's okay. You'll learn, um, which is good. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's very it's small. But I think it's uh, it's understandable. It's it's a new IP, um, and. Um, very much like an experiment of Nintendo's, I've I feel like uh, trying out new things. Um, so it's I yeah, it's it's growing a bit, but very slowly at the moment. I'd say in that in those terms. Do you see the uh, potential for Arms Two? Definitely, I think, uh, and not not just speaking from my own opinion. There was actually a, an interview with uh, Famitsu. And the Japanese uh, publish, publication who interviewed Yabuki this week, actually, and they asked him that, and he said, "I definitely want to do that, but it's too early to say anything." And I think, um, looking at what they've been doing, um, Nintendo in terms of like competitive games, like Splatoon, um, I felt like Splatoon One was their uh, experiment with that. And then in Splatoon 2, they just, like, improved everything and everything got bigger and the bigger systems and we're going to have tournaments. And with Pokken, it was a smaller version of that where they, with the port, it was like, hmm. And I feel like ARMS, uh, if they think the investment was worth it, I think definitely there's going to be an ARMS 2 maybe in, like, four or five years. Hopefully with something just more like more stuff more stories or um like uh, a mode where you can platform and walk around or something like that just not just mm. only the kind of one versus one uh <laughs> final destination no items no but uh, <laughs> uh, um you know i th- i think that there's definitely going to be that um but it looks kind of far away right now uh, i think yeah. for everyone 
That's actually a, that's actually a question I wanted to ask you. Was that do you ever feel like there is a little bit of a lack of content in Arms in that regard? Like I know obviously in terms of characters and Arms and mm. like combinations you can make of those characters. It's like you know it's expansive mm. and there's a lot to do with it. But do you ever feel like uh, maybe just the single player arcade's not enough if you just want to sit down and relax or mm. You know, do you feel like that there needs to be more features that are catered towards, um, like the esports crowd at all? Or, mm. I th- I think uh, I think there needs to be more of everything. Basically, uh, yeah. for me, for me, the what's interesting in games is not what everyone else thinks. I think in like in terms of um, what keeps people playing. I think for me, the interesting parts are like the very minuscule things, like the mind games of this particular second in a game. Like it's very like niched on a single moment. Whilst as mo- most people who play ARMS or like Switch in general are just like looking to relax. Um, and I think that the lobby or like the party mode that is in ARMS is very kind of, yeah, you can play it for some hour and then you'll get kind of bored of it. Uh, but if you, if you, if you don't if you have a community then you'll play more or if you're competitive minded then you'll play more but if you don't have those two uh, and to be honest it's kind of difficult on the switch to have a community because you can't message each other uh, or yeah. talk to each other through the system um which also kind of damages i think all the games in one way that you can't really contact people but um i think there needs to be a lot more to capture players. I mean, if you just... like, Kind of like how Overwatch became with Blizzard. They just like went all in and they had this like uh, mini movies for each character which like builds a whole story. They have comic books. I mean, there is going to be a comic book for ARMS coming out in two months, uh, a manga. But uh, um, just like, you know, the, the entirety needs to be with it. Uh, and... Uh, I understand that they didn't want to invest all that in an ex- quote-unquote experiment, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Do do you guys agree? Or <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I think um, I think when it ter- like in terms of like the actual world itself, you know, you've got your character bios and stuff like that, and they talk about what happened with people getting arms and all that. I would have liked to have seen like a mini story mode sort of thing like they kind mm. of do with each individual character in most games like Street Fighter, Tekken, yeah. etc. Uh yeah. something like that would have been nice I think. Um just to sort of break away from just the pure 1v1 yeah. um as like aspect. Um st- <laughs> like you you had a little bit of it with stuff like you know Max Brass at the end of the game and Headlock you know, you you had um, that kind of thing that was in there in the background, and it it, it served it served as more uh, as more of like, hey, look, it's a bit of fluff at the end of the game. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. But I I want to know I want to know more about these characters. You know, I want to know more about Springman Room Girl. I want to know more about Helix and what's going on with him. I want to know more about Master Mummy and why he's continuing to be yeah. a big brick house with you know massive bowler arms. Um, I I just I think um I think it needs that little I think it needed that little bit of extra fluff just to make me go hey I want to sit down and play all these characters and get to know them yeah yeah 
Uh, I think it's got super apparent. I don't know if that's obvious to a lot of people, but at least for me, uh, I have worked a bit in games and seeing all of these, like uh, that it really feels like ARMS had a lower budget than other games, such as Splatoon, because, uh, you know, like Biff, the character in the trailers, he has a voice actor, but in the game, he's just like, mini, 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 mini. And it surprised me when the game came out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, oh. and uh, and uh, just like not having cutscenes, there's just like pictures and then text. Uh, yeah. And most of the lore that you're talking about is actually like not in the game. It's on Twitter, yeah, in like exactly. on in tweets, and it's just it's like mm, <laughs> like you can't really expect a player. Like imagine a twelve-year-old or something picking up the game who like doesn't use Twitter even. Like how are they supposed to even? start to like these characters they only have the game you know um so i I definitely agree with that i uh, hope we can get more of that yeah uh it's it's you're not wrong about trying to catch you know kids attention as well because i Mm. think it's like once once kids have made a time investment into a character um it's usually it's usually because um they have some sort of trait that they really admire or they love hmm. sort of thing but it doesn't feel like there's a massive sort of that apart from the thematics of the characters hmm. like that there's no real there's no real uh story to go along with them it's kind of just like i like i, I like springman because he's got blue hair that looks like yeah. toothpaste if you align it <laughs> yeah. In a certain way. yeah the colgate you know hair <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but the thing that I think is that there's so much potential for these characters because when you see oh, yeah. them, you, you're kind of like because they look kind of similar to the Overwatch characters. I, I keep mentioning Overwatch, but it's just because of this like stylistic, uh, minimalistic design that they have. That just like you see the silhouette and you know instantly who they are. And mm-hmm. uh, with Overwatch, you're like, oh yeah, that character is like a spy for this company and whatever. But in ARMS, it's just like, oh, I want to know that, but I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like you're expecting it to be something there because they're so expressive. Uh, and hopefully, like, I'm, I, like, everyone is, like, really thirsty for the lore. So it's just like when they release the, <laughs> the, the manga in, like, two months, they, it's so weird because they keep dropping stuff, like, randomly in this Famitsu interview with Yabuki. He mm-hmm. he just mentions casually like, oh yeah, and the, the Springman that's in the game, he's actually the third generation of Springman. There's been like two others that we haven't really <laughs> talked about, but I want to do that someday. And then I saw oh. the people on Twitter is like, what? Who is that? And yeah, and yeah, I don't know. So there's stuff, obviously the stuff that they want to tell, but they can't, but... Um, I hope that there's a chance for that too. Uh, well, hopefully, the, hopefully the manga clears it up a little bit. I think uh, it it would have been better if it was in the game purely for content's sake. Maybe yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right about arms being a really big like a, experiment for them. Hmm. But um, th- like obviously earlier in the conversation, like Splatoon took that spotlight really quickly. But I think it's hmm. also because Splatoon had a very early established fan base on Wii U, even though yeah, you know. It, the Switch has outsold Wii U at this point. Yeah. Um, but the people that were dedicated to Splatoon immediately picked it up. Um, we uh, Back in one of our earlier episodes, we actually talked to um, two members of the BR Octolinks, uh, mm. Blue Ring Octolinks, who played um, 
at uh, the E3 tournament. Um, yeah, I actually listened to that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were they, they were fantastic. Um, uh, and just talking to them about the community and stuff like that as well, because uh, we both of us we didn't get to invest in a lot of t- uh, a lot of Splatoon one. Um, yeah. It, my my gamepad broke, uh, <laughs> and he lived on a, a farm at that time. So trying to get online was a pain in the butt. Um, but um, like it was, it was such a. It seemed like such a small community, and it didn't seem like there was like a ton of fluff to it. But as soon as Splatoon two hit, it sort of just come out of the cracks, mm-hmm. and you know everybody stopped talking about arms, which was a real shame because. Mm. Again, you know, Drew Drew went to stream arms, and there was just nobody on, and I was, and we, yeah. were, we were kind of, you know, disappointed, I guess. Hmm. Um, but it's good to see that I think now that um, the game has finished updating, like all the extra content has sort of come out, and now people are starting to try and form their opinions on, you know, what what's good and what's bad, and hmm. techniques that should be used and stuff like that. I think that's I think that's great. I think that's fantastic, and I think there's. It's good that there's discussion around that. Um, now that we finally, now that you finally have a build to work with, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I just want to touch upon also like how the the Splatoon was perceived because it was interesting. I think when Nintendo does these things, because it feels like right now, as Yabuki said in that Famitsu interview. He mentioned that uh, Nintendo is like trying to find their footing within esports and like what is Nintendo's esports, which I really like. If you look at the bigger picture, it's super obvious that they're just like trying things out. They're not in like going in way over their head. They're having like some tournaments, but it's not like uh, one million dollar prize pool. This guy on the yeah. stage is like not, uh, and then it's like Monster and like Racer just like pumping out dubstep. It's like not that kind of yeah. thing, uh, and. For me, so I I lived in Japan uh, until April last year for about one and a half year. And uh, that was before Splatoon 2 was released. And for like in Japan, Splatoon was still like a very big thing. Like even Mm -hmm. in Japan, it was like so huge. And it felt like um, they tried with Splatoon to like have the Japanese people test it. Like test it on the Japanese crowd, and it's like, okay, this works. Now we're gonna blast it out until onto the rest of the world. Um, and I feel like Arms is in that position now that Splatoon was in, where they're just like testing it on the Japanese crowd, who are very much invested in it. Um, with the Spring Fist having a lot of uh, signups, uh, and the, there's another tournament coming in a month, and I think Arms is like one of the uh, has one of the most participants in that it's like a big event in Osaka where they have a lot of fighting games I can't remember them all like Guilty Gear, Tech and Street Fighter, all of them and ARMS is like one of the top um, participants in that uh, event so yeah. I think um, it's interesting, that the, just the different uh, perceptions of how the games were you know, seen outside of Japan Um yeah, I, I I didn't have like any final point to that, but I, I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> I, I I just like hmm, yeah 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 hmm. yeah. Like I, I feel like th- these uh, smaller competitive communities are so special. Like they're so interesting. Like com- like Arms Platoon, even even uh, what's that Tom Clancy game? 
What am I thinking of? Um, Rainbow Six? Uh, no, six. wait, yeah. no. Rainbow Six. Like that, That's not necessarily a super small community, but mm. these, these games... Smaller in comparison to other yeah, things. Like, yeah, mm. I, I know think, what you mean. I, I just feel like there's so much more interesting than, say, you know, PUBG or... Mm. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Something that's really dishing out and, you know... Uh, I, I, <laughs> I've talked about my frustrations with stuff like that before, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think um, when you when you take the money away from it and you you have fan passion, I think that is the big thing. Um, yeah. Like I, I love I love prize pool tournaments. I think they're I think they're good and I think they're healthy for the infrastructure of like how competitive gaming works. Um, but I think it's also just as important to have uh, tournaments that are dedicated for the passionate fans. Mm. Um, that want to go to test their skill level and then they all sort of convene together and grow as a community. It doesn't have to be about money, always. Mm. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, in higher higher branded esports or, you know, um, whether it's high sponsor or anything like that, like what happened with PUBG tournaments recently and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. which... It was is is a complete mess. I'm not gonna even. I'm not even gonna touch on PUBG right now. Yeah. Um. It's you know it, it doesn't really go very far. It's just like hey look, uh, they're they're competing for this money. They're really skilled players. It's like cool. All right, that's nice. Um. But <laughs> fighting ga- fighting games is a really big is is a really big shine in. But I think because um, it just. How do I how do I put it? I think I think it's I think it's mainly down to having having a roster. Um, a lot of people form form what is their own opinion on what works for them. Um, you might be you might be completely better with one character. You might be terrible terrible at another, and you might consider it consider them in completely different tiers. But mm. um, as long as you make uh, as long as you make that character work, you can really shine with them. And you know, you form if you formulate your own opinion, hmm. um, you're typically going to get a better result. It does it like meta is meta is by far like very important, but with arms in its current state, with it not being important, I think um, I think the room for growth is just it's it's endless. At least for the next five years, like you were saying, mm. in the possibility yeah. of a second second game coming out. Yeah, um, I I think there's a lot. Uh, it was there was a lot of things I was thinking about when you said all of these things. But uh, I, I think because uh, um, there was a lot of like topics um, touched upon, and I think um, I'm really interested to see when Nintendo finds their answer of what their version of esports is. Like I'm really because I I just realized now the other day when they when I just thought about the. Uh, this kind of storyline building in the Japanese scene where they have this this guy fighting with this like wrestling belt and they have like events where it's just like high production value there's no prize pool but everyone's just so hyped to see who's going to be the next champion like it's kind of like boxing in the 80s or something it's just like <laughs> i and i've never seen that in esports because it's just like dude in sponsored shirt uh winning x amount of money but in in arms, it's like especially in Japan, it's just like no one is sponsored, so everyone is wearing these like really casual uh, attires and just like yeah, 
I've been playing yeah. this game every day for the six months, please. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh man, this guy came from nowhere and took the entire thing. And uh, I, I think, I, I think that uh, when when someone invests so much time and like passion into a game, they deserve to get some sort of money too. But I really yeah. like the idea. Um, uh, the idea of having some sort of alternative esports where it's not just about the money and it's like it, I don't know it's more about the competition than just like winning money and stuff like that so I yeah. I don't know it's it's exciting and it's kind of cool that we're in this time like I almost yeah almost quoted a meme here but yeah uh, i i like bor- born just in time for the whatever uh but um yeah so i i'm really excited to see where it's going to go and we're very much in the like infancy of where that is with nintendo trying out esports right now so it's frustrating and fun at the same time yeah now like i i'm really like i find it really entertaining when the nintendo or uh other other events do these like events that aren't just based on money but but i I don't i don't find it that interesting when league of legends or dota or whatever just go all right there's a million dollars on the table and they play and they win it and they're like cool like yeah like in in saying that i'm not invested in that game or community or whatever but Mm -hmm. i mean i mean the thing is the thing is with um esports of that grade as well as players become such a massive personality do you know what I mean? They're yeah. they're pretty much celebrity status for the community of that game. Yeah, you know, uh, and you've got you've got teams. Obviously, you're picking your sides, and it just it turns into a it it almost turns into an Australian football first. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Paul like Pretty yeah. much, yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's really um it's it's really competitive amongst the fans as well as it is the actual teams. Yeah. Um, I- I feel like this like this topic is very much like the grassroots versus corporate in esports as well because it's like oh, yeah. Fi- yeah. fighting games in general has been about the grassroots thing where it's like oh this dude from this state is like he has been winning his local tournaments and now he's here and he's playing against the three-time champion like it's really big and then in the corporate side it's like this guy with a salary of seventy thousand dollars is going up against this guy with a seventy thousand dollar salary and it's like yeah okay well they're like they're this is their job like it's it yeah and and it has like i don't know there's different things to like about it too and I don't know. It, it's it's a huge topic, like all of this, like grassroots versus corporate. But um, I feel I feel like arms. Uh, I want to see a bit more corporate, if I'm going to be honest, in arms, because I feel like these there are so many players who are have been um, investing so much into this game, uh, like flying, like all the people who flew to Japan, and there's been players who've been flying to America from Europe to be in these tournaments and like support it i want them to have a support too but not just yeah, like yeah, sure. not just like crash land into an espn studio and be like live from and then like have a <laughs> like they they suddenly have like a suit and it's because uh, i saw that the other day they, were, they had this like um almost like a fifa like soccer league kind of thing with street fighter and there was just like two dudes in a suit 
or suits <laughs> not in one suit that would be weird uh, <laughs> two dudes in the in suits uh that that talked about the game and then he's like yeah we're gonna bring up the statistics and then it's just like of a guy like two guys playing street fighter and i just turned the stream off because it was just like ah, yeah. ah yeah. I, I can't like i don't watch soccer because of this and now i don't want it in my game it's just uh it's yeah it's very opinionated and it's different for everyone, but um, yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah, like that—that's that's the end goal. I, I really hope you guys get there as well with arms. Um, I just hope, you know, if and when you do get there, just don't forget what makes makes watching it interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I th- I think uh, I think uh, it's it's a long way to be that, but uh, like a corporate yeah. thing. But uh, I think. Um, it's in a good place now and it's i think i think arms right now is at the point like after evo japan because evo japan was like the very much a goal for everyone and it was like what happens after this and now it's up to the community to actually like stabilize and grow a scene and everything like that um and it's I think a lot of people in ARMS have been uh, comparing it a lot to Smash more than Splatoon. We've talked a lot about Splatoon. But ARMS is basically in the same state where uh, Melee, like Super Smash Bros. Melee, was in like 2007 or eight or something like that, where it's just like there's no money anywhere. People are like busting their saving accounts to like fly out to stuff and things. And it's like it's super exciting. Uh but it's also super frustrating because Smash at that point, they were the only ones, but there was no esports. Now we're doing all of this and like busting our savings accounts. And then we're like, but that guy is getting paid. Why am I not getting paid? <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, uh, and it's so obvious at the fighting game events where it's just like, you know, you have a stage with like Tekken. And then you have like arms in this corner, and we're like, well, oh, <laughs> you know, we want to be there. It's like, uh, um, yeah. Uh, but it's, I think these things take time, like building communities, and especially for a new game like this, it's going to take time. Uh, but there are a lot of people who are passionate and trying this. It's specifically, one of the upcoming events is Smash and Splash this June, um, mm-hmm. where people are like, yeah. Uh, it's like a lot of people are like confirmed right now. Uh, three players from Japan are going. A lot of people from Europe are going, uh, and I, I'm super excited to like see what's going to happen there. And I think it's going to be one of the events, probably, hopefully, helping the pushing the scene. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope so. Mm. Um, I'll move into our last topic for the episode. Yeah. Um, you're a, you're a fellow podcaster as well. You uh, do yes. a uh, podcast, fellow uh, fellows in arms. Yeah. Podcast with uh, other arms players and uh, members in your team. Yeah. Um, what what uh, inspired you sort of to start that up? Yeah. So chronologically, like we've been talking, kind of uh, different parts of how things were happening. But when I actually started with arms, my first thing was that I'd made a podcast before the game came out. Like, that was yep. before the actual team that I had. So I had a podcast that was when the test punch went on. And I had um, two guys on that were interested in the game. Um, and one one of them 
eventually joined this team that I made months later. But in the beginning, Fellows in Arms was just a podcast about arms. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, I really like to talk, and now I got that subject. Now I want to like <laughs> do something about it. Um, and it was, I, I guess I you guys can relate a bit to this. And um, I just felt like, it was an interesting th- take where uh, I wanted something to be very specific. Like, there is yeah. a lot of podcasts, and I'm not bashing on you your podcast, too. I like this podcast, too. I'm on <laughs> here, you know. Uh, but I, I wanted to make something different where it's, like, very niched on this subject. Like, people are interested in arms. They can listen to the podcast and get into the scene. They can get into the community. Uh, so... I made 10 episodes uh, last year. It was like, over a span of uh, six months. And uh, I tried to like uh, go on specific topics, uh, like this specific update or this specific tournament or uh, this scene or um, what was it more? We had one, uh, one, uh, one of the episodes were just focused on uh, casting. So we had two Smash casters and one Splatoon caster. And they've all casted the arms as well. And we were just, like, discussing uh, arms in relation to that. Like, how does that work and what do you do? So um, what got me to start it was just really simple. I just wanted to talk about something. Uh, I think that's, like, the the base for a lot of podcasts. I just want to talk. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, it, it, I, I wanted to talk and I wanted to allow others to have... Uh, something that they could base their opinion towards like if someone says something on the cast like we had one cast where a guy was very opinionated and said like uh default arms is going to be the 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 rule set for everything everything else sucks and then we had people in the comments who disagreed and that's you know a base for discussion and that's what i wanted like that was the goal when i saw that i was like yes finally now people are <laughs> Like, taking turns of, like, discussing and they're moving forward, you know. So that's, I think that was the main goal for me, just giving players and viewers something to base their discussions around. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. yeah I, I love the idea of, like, like super specific, uh, like, podcasts. Like, whether, mm. it's, um, whether it's a certain franchise or, you know, what, what, whatever you're doing a podcast on. Because I feel like, um, like say, just normal gaming podcasts, for example, I feel like they're too too vague what they cover. Mm, yeah, and like they yeah. don't get into the real nitty gritty, interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. There's definitely a balance to that. I think it, like the the vague gaming podcasts they have like personalities that they sell to, but then yeah. you also mm-hmm. can balance it, uh, which I like with these kind of Nintendo related ones where you, you have some sort of common ground. It's not just like hey, do you like games? It's like, yeah, well, it's like the, one of the most popular media things that is in the world, you know? Like, do you like books? It's like, yeah, I like books. It's, um, so, I, yeah, there's uh, different ways. And we also had, like, at the, the final episode, we did an, a community awards. So it was just basically me and another guy, and we had had polls on different uh, awards. It was like a mini Oscars kind of thing we did for the community. Where people could vote on like the the best arms artist, the best arms streamer, uh, and we also had like the best, what was it, the most exemplary 
uh, arms community person or something, like the most wholesome person in the community. Uh, mm. It was kind of funny because the the other guy on the cast actually won that. He was like, "Yay, me!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it, and we like the fellow because <laughs> it, it's a small community, so we like the best or the most uh, influential team. And it's like fellows in arms got like the majority of the votes, and we were just like, and the prize goes to us. Like, oh, oh yeah. sweet, yeah, it's like <laughs> we did it. And then some people on Twitter was like, yeah, rigged. Uh, but um, yeah, and there uh, there was no prizes, but uh, it was really fun because I I hired a voice actor who sounds a lot like Biff uh, to do <laughs> the introductions for the categories, and then I a- animated Biff like doing videos. So it was like. You know, him coming in, like, live, fellows in arms, doing blah, 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 blah. And there was, like, Biff doing the thing. Um, so we, we tried to do something different in the last one. But uh, the uh, the problem with these niche uh, podcasts is that they can get old really fast. So I haven't been doing them since December because I've been thinking I need to do something new. Because otherwise you just have these kind of circle topics or discussions, like... They they don't really go anywhere, so that's like the the one big negative thing about these uh, these podcasts, and I don't want to get there, uh, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to like kind of um, reinvent that and see how I can change things up. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. If you're going deeper into a topic, there are just less topics to talk about. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah. Doing it once once a week or once a fortnight or even once a month. Yeah, mm. that the the, uh, the world comes dry pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it becomes like the the I I, I imagine these like probably like scientist uh, scientist podcast or something where they're like speaking of some specific theory and there's just like two they're they're the only ones that get it and then they're just like speaking of something and it's just like who is even listening to this? It's just like madness <laughs> at that point. <laughs> It's like, oh, we're on this 68th dimension and layer of meta right now in arms. And everyone's like, what is this even <laughs> like? <laughs> Today we're talking about the spark glove. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the retraction speed of this specific glove. Is it good or bad? Let's find out. And it's just like, oh, yeah. like, oh my God. It's like too, too, too deep. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go there. <laughs> They're just going. They just go into hard data. Like this is how many pixels it takes. Oh no! To come back Please. into. Okay. <laughs> no, and it's different whether it's on the TV or docked. It's like yeah. gotta look at it separately. Yeah, I think yeah. people. Yeah, you need to. Even I would be like, I need to get out more <laughs> if I was at that point. <laughs> uh, what I love about your podcast is that it. It's just like a, a community um, service almost that people have mm. like a place to go to to listen to get like you know their friends or personalities in the community mm. um yeah like it, it sounds it sounds really cool yeah i like the i i i actually heard this when i, w- I was in japan for evo japan a guy told me is like yeah i really like uh, fellows in arms because it's it sounds so friendly in the name it's like the fellows it's like the friends hanging out and i didn't really think of that i just when i made the name it was like either either uh brothers in no not brothers like comrades in arms or like fellows in arms and i showed it to my friend he's like uh if you do comrades in arms that's probably gonna sound like very like russian like uh (laughs) like uh, comrade and i was like 
uh, okay, I'll just take fellows. And then it's just like became a thing. Uh, but the kind of the main goal that we've been doing with having this like community podcast and team is to have a base for the community where people are uh, nice to each other and trying to actually have um, not have this like hostile FGC thing where it's just like people on adrenaline like swearing and like throwing their controllers and being aggressive like and that exists and I really dislike that so <laughs> like my my entire goal with that um, branding and style was just to have somewhere it's just like let's be nice let's like have friendly discussions and trying to very much enforce that which can be difficult because people have emotions and you know things happen but um it's uh, it's something that i feel is really important and something that is needed uh in gaming a lot so yeah i'm um you know i hope that people feel the same that are involved in the community <laughs> that's my goal at least to have something where people can go and feel safe and have fun yeah mm. absolutely yeah all right defer thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the house of mario yeah thank you for having me it was a pleasure no worries uh uh would you like to leave some plugs for the audience to find your stuff on the interwebs sure um if anyone is interested in arms in any way you can find it on several platforms uh you can check out the arms subreddit uh, on reddit and you can also find fellows in arms on twitter or discord you find us you find the discord through the twitter but just search fellows in arms uh, we have a youtube where we upload vods from tournaments so if you're just interested of gameplay or other videos we do montages of the community like twitch clips and stuff like that so you can check us out on youtube and twitter uh, and yeah google arms and you'll find stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, do you um, have your own personal twitter Yes, it's uh, Defur uh, underscore because I couldn't have only Defur. Goddamn, the person who stole that. Uh, so I just <laughs> Defur and you'll find me there. And uh, yeah, I'm Defur on Twitch though. Nailed that yep. one. Got oh, you it. got that one good. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the important one. Oh, big yeah, big exactly. Big. So just uh, D-E-F-U-R and you can find me on Twitch and Twitter. So thanks. Yeah, too easy. And you can find all those links in the show notes. Uh, Bryce, where can... Uh, they find you on Twitter <laughs> at Bryce Dewitt on Twitter yep. and you can find me at iDruby and you can find the House of Mario at the House of Mario uh, we have a Discord community as well so join that if you feel like it and uh, five star iTunes reviews always help so not that we're begging for them at this no, point we're not begging. no we're not begging no we're just letting, let, letting them know <laughs> and we are a part of the 8-bit collective uh, so there's eight other podcasts a part of this. There's wrestling, pop culture, movies, gaming, interviews, D&D, and news shows. And I just want to give a shout out to Jack Cruz, who does It Is What It Is, which is a, a discussion podcast around the, the latest news that week. And he does a fantastic job. He has a um, rotating co-host each week. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy it quite a bit. So go and check that out. And Jack, have me on. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there's... there's, there's <laughs> Uh, and we end the episode each and every week with Nintendo Jukebox. 
And I thought I actually synced it up this week, Bryce. I actually went and got an arms remix. Oh my we're god! Talking about arms, he actually oh. did something. Usually, <laughs> usually I just go through my SoundCloud and get um like like go to my likes. Oh yeah, that'll do this week, and just pull that out. So we had a Pokemon episode with no no the Pokemon episode we did too, but we had a Wario episode. We just like put a Pokemon song at the end of that. So like, come come on, guys, what, 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 what are you doing here? So we've got a remix of the um main theme of Arms by General Offensive and Tud. T U D D, Tud, 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 yep, Tud, and that and that lives on the Game Chops channel. So go and have a look at that, and uh, yeah, awesome, awesome, <laughs> guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, catch you next week. See you later.
I'm not your mother. <laughs> you make your own decisions. <laughs> All right.